let's begin this nonsense. Let's begin. Hi, Gavin. Hi, Louie. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Mixed Reviews. We're a podcast in which we take a... Well, that was a weird take. We take it. We take it. <laughs> we'll tell you what we do. We take some movies. <laughs> we, take some, we take some movies. We take we, some actors. Yeah, we talk about actors, directors, movies, mini-genres, and we talk about what we think works and what we think doesn't yeah. work, and we also give you a little mini-history. Yeah, we go through it all, we mix it up, we spit it back out, and uh, <laughs> it's tasty. And we, we mix it up, we spit it back out, and we say, how dare you serve me this? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, we love race chasers. <laughs> yeah. Um... Um, Gavin, how you been, Hanny? You, you're, you're back from the, we're back together, we're back together yeah, again. Yeah, we're back together. Back, After back, our... back, back, back again. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know the next lyric for that. Oh, so. I, is there another lyric? Something just about been... <laughs> adrenaline? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, you're back from the road. Yes. You survived. Yes. I drove 1,023 miles. Um, I know because I have the receipts. What's that? <laughs> it was a rental car. <laughs> it was a rental car. I didn't need to turn those receipts. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's like Vanessa Carlton amount of miles. You yeah. Know? I, well, I kept annoying everyone by being like, and I would drive 1,000 uh-huh. miles. That and, is annoying. Yeah. Wow. Isn't it? Good for you. I'm, uh, I'm glad you're here mm-hmm. with me. <laughs> <laughs> Louis, have you been? I've You've been not great. been traveling. So. I've not been traveling, but, um, I want to, so, uh, our last episode, we talked about like the best of the year and we didn't get to talk about the favorite, but I'm so glad that, um, we're talking today. Um, and recording today because yesterday I went to a party that was the favorite themed. Oh, someone gets invited to parties. Oh, just rub it in, Louie. <laughs> I mean, some of us have social lives and then some of us are you. <laughs> so, you know. Very, um, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Choices. One of my, m- the best jokes me and Derek have, um, it's always like, oh, it's me and my mean boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> my, fo- my boyfriend who's just really mean to me. <laughs> Babe, you're uh, so mean. But but also, is it true? Do you need help? There's a hotline, Louis. I, I know, but yeah. I should talk to someone yeah. about that. Don't, don't joke about that. Don't joke about that. <laughs> don't joke about that. Don't joke about that. Um, but yeah, so I didn't do a poll for the last episode. No, I mean, it doesn't... It's it, hard when you're talking about best of. It's very subjective. Everybody has their own thing. Yeah. And also, after we did our episode, the Oscar nominations came out. And turns out we were wrong. Bohemian Rhapsody is the best movie of the year. I cannot so, believe that it has slipped my I mind. know. I just... <laughs> did you watch the movie? I have not seen it yeah, yet. Yeah, no. Um, Nothing. That is actually weirdly probably of the of the three that I was really like really about that I probably would watch. Um, I believe it's Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Green Book, and there's one other Vice. Uh, yeah, Vice. Oh yeah, I am never fucking seeing Vice. Sorry, audience. I it maybe if you love it, I'm sorry. I'm just never seeing Vice. I um I like The Big Short, but I do not. I. <laughs> But I, yeah, I have not seen Vice. I've not seen those three, same. Those yeah. three movies, I was like, I don't care that yeah. much. I'm never going to see Green Book either, probably. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would see Green Book for this podcast. I probably will never see Vice for this. Right. Sorry, we, Amy Adams. We do, we, <laughs> well, I, I would watch it for like the Amy Adams episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you know, choices. Choices. Um, but yeah, so uh, tell me about the favorite party, though. T- the not favorite to get us off track. Um, we definitely had like the soundtrack playing on loop, the very dramatic, um, and uh, lots of voguing and um, lots of little mini cakes. Oh, were there any naked men that you threw tomatoes at? 
I was set up to do that, uh, um, okay. but I didn't want to ruin my makeup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was a lot they, of makeup. Moments. They looked at you and they're like, mm, "Too svelte." Yeah, I okay, <laughs> during that movie, I was like, "This is kind of erotic." Like, oh, I think it's meant to be. I was I like, mean, people were so fucking bored back in the day. They're like, "Let's get naked and throw fruits and vegetables at each other." My favorite parts of that movie are the like 100% Yorgos Lanthimos parts, the yeah. parts that feel like one of his movies, because I actually, and I like the favorite, so don't get me wrong, I'm not, but I think it is an a, a elevated script. I think it's probably a boring period piece that Yorgos was like, because I'm good friends with him, I can call him. Oh, Yorgos. you know Yorgos? Yeah, I know wow. Yorgos, yeah. Um, Some at the club. I, yeah, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The lobster? Uh, yes. Don't, uh, talk, don't talk to me about the lobster. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed back there. I heard what happened. Um, but... The, I think he like elevated this kind of like generic script and made it more interesting by adding stuff like that or like, you know, races and, with rabbits and, and, stuff and, and everything about like Nicholas Holt pushing Emma Stone into ditches. Oh yeah. My favorite. And also uh, like the candlelight in that movie being, being like the lighting source. Yeah. And, yeah. and actually. I heard some people dismiss the fisheye stuff. I loved it because I felt like I was watching weird surveillance cameras. I live, laugh, love. And the party was great. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little smelly, and I thought, was it? Perfect. So- well, yeah, I thought, oh, they went really the extra mile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For- yeah. Of the, they, of the, they just, everybody rolled themselves in dirt before they came, and you didn't get the memo. I know, I really didn't. Yeah. I had showered. Oh, gross. Fuck my life, it. I guess. Uh, running water. <laughs> So, so bougie. So off theme. Yeah. Did you come as the queen herself? Is that what you did? I was wearing a lace crop top that Derek just had. He has a um, costume that bag. That Derek just had. He has a costume bag. Well, as he should. Yeah. Are you, do you not have a costume bag? Well, I've started a costume box now. Yeah. I have gotten, I've, I'll be perfectly honest because anybody please, that knows please me. Please do. Yeah, let please. me open up. It's my podcast. Uh, I hate when you lie. Yeah. The, uh, well, I like you. Ah! And, uh, <laughs> um, the, I had, so many costumes for my Batman villains and mm-hmm. in the last move I was like I don't I don't wear these I don't know when I'm gonna wear these next and so I got rid of most of them which really was uh, like a heart-wrenching decision Marie because, Kondo just really yeah, fucked you up yeah huh? exactly she's like do these bring you joy and I was like who are you get the fuck <laughs> out of my house how did you get in here um I'm still not watching that show. <laughs> I mean, clearly. Her you're in and this room. A- is it Adam McKay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same. Adam, yeah, Marie, Marie Kondo, Adam McKay, get out. Yeah. <laughs> not in my house. Yeah. Um, but since, we, since we're wasting all this time talking about ourselves and not talking about last week's poll that we didn't do because there was no reason to. Right. Uh, we should talk about this week's subject. This week's episode, we're talking all about... The iconic, oh. the legendary Miss Regina King. Oh, wonderful. Wonder, like, literally wonderful. Yeah. Um, I love her. Yeah, I love her so much. We talked, um, so after our last episode, we were like, who should we do? And, um, we have both seen of If Bill Street Could Talk. Yeah. And we both really loved it. And, um, I think we might have brought her up in, um, our Sandra Bullock episode. Yes. And I oh, and I feel like I said only nice things. I hope I only said nice things. But also, you can never go back and listen to that episode. Nope, so gone. ever. Nope, those they're gone. gone. Completely Bye. gone. Even though it's one of our most popular episodes, you can never go back and listen can't to do it, it ever. Don't, can't, can't fact check me. No, thank you. Those are the hidden tapes yeah. of the mixed reviews. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I think we, like, immediately you were like, yes, Regina King, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, I was. I was like, you know what that'd be? Well, because I think she presents both a unique opportunity because we often don't get to do that many women of color. I believe the last one we did was Viola Davis, uh, in between, and then, and then Michelle Yeoh. But like, I, I feel 
it is important that we get to do these people because they oftentimes don't have conventional Hollywood careers. Oh yeah, totally. And and I think that's slightly more interesting than somebody that's just like I just continued to fail upwards, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, um, but also, uh, I just think she has a really interesting career because she presents also yeah. un- the unique problem that we have with Stanley Tucci, except for the fact that she's not a white man, and so right. therefore it has been infinitely more easy for Stanley Tucci, and I think he would agree. Yeah. Uh, but she shows up in movies, and some oftentimes she's in a movie for like five minutes. Yeah. And so I, I, it's been a, it's been kind of an interesting two weeks to c- cover her. Yeah, and then she has really blown up in the last, you know, I would say five, six years. Yeah. Um, she's like a awards powerhouse yes it, what, she's won three emmys in four years or something yeah and um two for american crime one for seven so, seconds yeah and then she just won golden globe for if you like you could talk um and um i was reading an article that was like you know she's really this moment in her career would happen for white women in their early 20s yes and so it's kind of unheard of um for someone of her age to be having the level of success that she's having. And what's amazing is that she has all the cred behind her. And now she's, you know, she's directing a lot and she has, that's what that I love that too. And I was going to wait to get into that, but like, I love the fact that she has fallen in love with directing. Yeah. She started in 2013 directing TV shows. And she's basically every year, except for 2014 directed at least one episode of a TV show, even TV shows that she's not on. Yeah, totally. And um, uh, yeah, I, 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 you're right. She has a super interesting career. I think her filmography is very interesting to go in and out of, especially because there are definitely some stinkers in there Yeah, that it's like, Oh man, this movie's tragique. Um, but then she's in like, you know, lots of Oscar fare and, um, I think her, the early part of her career is super interesting. So yeah, I'm excited to dive in. Absolutely. Uh, so let's get to it. Let's get into our rewind. Regina King was born January 15th, 1971, which makes her 48, uh, which like means she's got an incredible career ahead of her. Yeah. Which I, I kind of love that she, you know, as you mentioned, she's having this sort of renaissance, mm-hmm. uh, but she's having it in, in the part of her career that is normally reserved for like the younger, like Anne yeah. Hathaway section of well, career. Like Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. you know, Emma Stone. Yeah. And like not, n- no shit on them at all, but like, you know, as young, traditionally beautiful white women, yeah. they're able to break out at 22, 23 and right. have like, I mean, it's insane that, you know, Jennifer Lawrence is won her Oscar the age she did playing the roles that she did that are like r- ridiculous. Like she's not a 35 year old woman. She's right. playing roles for, um, a, a way, um, ahead of her, like, um, age range. But, um, Regina King is her moments now. And, but, but she's been, she was a child actress, right? Right. Well, so, uh, she, her name, her full name is, uh, Regina Renee King and she was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Shout out to Ohio. Uh, but do you, you have, up, what, why shout out to Ohio? You have why friends in Ohio? I do. I do. Okay. <laughs> um, work. The, uh, <laughs> but she grew up in View Park, Windsor Hills, California, which is the longest name of any place. Alive. View Park, Windsor Hills. Yeah, exactly. Um, she's essentially royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the eldest daughter of Gloria, a special education teacher, and Thomas King, an electrician. Her parents divorced in 79, so she would have been eight years old at the time. Um, and she also uh, has a sister uh, by the name of Raina King, uh, who is a former actress and actually appears in one of my absolute favorite movies, To Sleep With Anger, which, <laughs> if you have not seen, is coming to the Criterion Collection very soon. Ooh. Yeah, it's very good. It's a Danny Glover film, and I highly recommend it. Uh, but 
Fun it, fact. Fun fact. Reina and Regina both mean queen. So, so their names are... Queen King Qu- and Queen King. The Queen Queen. I, the, can't, the I, can't, queen, I can't say it. Queen... The Queen King. Kings. Queen Kings. Queen Queen King King. Double, double toil Oops. and trouble. <laughs> um, she attended uh, Westchester High School and she graduated in 88 and then later attended the University of Southern California. But she began her acting career in 85 with the role of Brendan Jenkins on the television show 227. Jack A. Harry was involved yes. in his apartment building. Yes. Very important. Yes. Iconic. Yes. Um, Jack A. I mean, Jack A., I mean. <laughs> well, yeah. Always. <laughs> Always. Always. Sandra, what's the matter? Well, I just popped into a rather invigorating milk bath when I realized I'm out of shampoo. Can I borrow some? Yeah, but what's the hurry? Pearl's cat's trying to lick my ankles. <laughs> I'll get you some shampoo, Miss Clark. You're a dear. Jackie! Mm-hmm. Um, ladybugs. Uh, but she played that role for five years. Uh, lasted from 85 to 1990. So, yeah, she would have been, like, late teens, early 20s. Okay. Um, and then she finally, like, she, she moves on right away after that to a film career. And she ends up doing three John Singleton films. And I just, real quick, want to segue into um, John Singleton. Um, because John Singleton to me is such a heartbreaking story because to me, he was one of those directors who has the most, like had the most potential. And then his career just sort of never went anywhere. Yeah. Um, he directed boys in the hood in 1991. Um, he was nominated for the Academy award for best director, becoming the first African-American youngest person to ever be nominated. Who's for 24, award. right? Yeah. Insane. Which is insane. I think, um, did I read that he was still at USC? Yeah. When he made that movie? Yeah. And that movie insane is so good and I and I yeah. say that like not even in a I mean I I I saw that movie when it came out um when I was a kid I saw that movie in college I revisited it for this and I have to say it's still so fucking good. Yeah. And her role isn't big in it. It's no. not. Um but she does get that does get that great scene at the barbecue yeah. Yeah. where they're you know, like, she's trying to she's trying to like uh, hook up with um, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, yeah his I, girlfriend's right there. Mm, mm, who is Bashoni? Let's try Ricky's best friend. He used to be best friends with Dobo when they was little. You know how they be trying to act like they brothers and shit. Girl, he is fine. I like to watch that. He go to Washington? Uh uh-uh. uh. He go to Crenshaw. Girl, I've seen him before. He work at the Fox Hills Mall. Mm. Do he got a girlfriend? Yes. Jamaican <laughs> 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 girl was scoping on this hoes, man. <laughs> he fine anyway. You better watch his ass. Somebody might steal. <laughs> yeah, I had never seen um, any of the John Singleton movies. Um, and I watched all three of them and I was just like, this is American culture, like history, yeah. like, uh, f- like cinema. I was fully blown away by, um, uh, like seeing a movie handled with such care. Yeah. Clearly with someone who has something to say so specifically and who's not trying to exploit the, um, because essentially those movies are all about like kind of, uh, exploring, um, you know, black identity and, um, uh, black masculinity yeah. and the dangers of, you know, not having, uh, a, a guy. 
Excuse Phones me? on silent, ladies. Alexa. <laughs> I think those movies are, are, are really interested in looking at uh, the black community and violence in the community and how that has, is yeah. ruining families and um, trying to get out and still be proud of where you're from. And, uh, I, 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 yeah, oftentimes I think movies that are about like, quote unquote, urban things like that, they like make it very exploitative and very just like out in the, out in the, out in Compton, it's dangerous. This, I mean, there certainly is parts of that, but like you can tell it's made with someone who like, um, loves it still and it's, it's dear to him. That was one of the things that I found in my research is I found this great interview clip where Miss King was talking about, um, when she first got the script and how she really felt that it was the first time she saw LA at that specific moment really reflected back on like on the page and on the screen eventually. I kind of was like, finally, Mm. you know, like finally, you know, LA is being represented different than what we see on TV or in movies. This is the LA that we see. People had no idea before that movie. Well, before NWA, but before that movie, they had no idea what it really... Yeah, I mean, NWA definitely painted a picture for you verbally. Yeah. But, you know, now what John Singleton is doing is bringing those words to life so that, you know, it's... I think a lot of people need visual Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. You know, not all of us can listen to music can be transformed or tra- or transpose is that what i'm looking for and i think that i mean i think that's really cool but i also like i said i think especially boys in the hood is still so poignant i think higher learning which is the third of the three is maybe not my favorite it's it's the little the hand is a little heavy on that one yeah yeah but boys sure. in the hood the, i mean and not to not to belabor the point because we are talking about regina king here um the the gentrification speech given yeah. by Lawrence Fishburne in that movie is it's prescient and telling yeah. and I th- I also think it's very genius that uh, I mean a lot of the actors that were in John Singleton's movies they appear many times over and over again but also he is so he was able to like see these um people in the community like Ice Cube um, Tyra Banks yeah um, Tupac Janet Jackson who were not just they're they're not actors yeah but they're so important and they were kind of like these north stars for the black community and he said I'm going to use them and their celebrity to tell these stories that are important to make people look and see you know and and because like Lawrence Fishburne's in them yeah Cuba Gooding Jr. like these are all like heavy hitters Nia Long yeah um, it's uh yeah I, I think it's so genius because he was not boxed into the just like the medium of, you know, what is an actor. And I mean, is John Jackson the best actress in the world? No, no. but like, you and, know, and that was, that was sort of, she, she also talked about that. I, I do, since you brought up poetic justice, I, I do think that's the one that we should really talk about because that's the largest role she has in all three of the films. Yeah. And, uh, she's sort of Janet Jackson's sidekick in that movie, yeah. but she gets like a really good, um, she's her storyline. Yeah. She's her best friend. Um, but she, she mentioned that she, uh, in an interview, she really tried to get, because Janet Jackson's from a very different world than the Regina King comes from and how she wanted her to go to her, um, elementary school with her to just sort of see the little girls that she was playing. I actually wanted her 
you know, and I don't know if it's because you have handlers around mm-hmm. you and you're being protected, but I um, I wanted her to um, come with me to like the elementary school that I went to. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, we don't have to get out the car, but just we should just like sit in the car so you could just watch what type of little girls, mm-hmm. you know, we were. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. But it never happened. I read how uh, when she first got the script for Boys in the Hood, um, someone said, oh, don't you know that he's uh, he's just a kid who's also at USC? And she was like, what? <laughs> um, and you kind of feel that. Like, you feel like this really cool crackling energy. Um, I'm embarrassed that I had never seen these movies, but, um, like, literally find them, watch them, and um, they're very special. Um, from there, in 96, uh, as she continues to do films uh, for the next decade, um, 96, she does uh, the, A Thin Line Between Love and Hate uh, with Martin Lawrence. Um, and then she gets one of her biggest films, but not big roles, um, in Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Uh, and she plays Cooper Gooding Jr.'s wife in that movie. Yeah. It's, I have to say, for... I still, I've never loved that movie. I don't think it's bad. I think, but I don't understand the the cult around it. Yeah. Um. But she's so good. She's very good. It's in such it. a limited role. This is what you're gonna do. You're gonna reject that shitty contract. You're gonna play out your existing shitty contract, and you're gonna go be a free agent next year. <laughs> Come on, hey, hey, baby, this is us, you and me. We determine our worth. Baby, you are strong. Proud, surviving, splendid black man. Mercy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know who I was listening to, but someone was talking about this specifically, and it's like she get, she does so much with like a very limited role, and even um, I was reading an interview with who the fuck directed this movie, um, um Cameron Crowe, Cameron Crowe, who is like. The scene where Jerry is looking at, um, Cuba Gooding Jr. and his wife, Regina King, um, and they have so much love and he realizes like that's what's missing in his life. I also am not a big fan of the movie. I've, I rewatched it for the first time in a long time and I was like, yeah. oh God, this movie is, it, yeah, it, it just is rich hot guy is sad because his life is meaningless. Right, and right. I was like, boo fucking who? Right, exactly. Um, all of our lives are meaningless. Yeah. Thank you for coming and listening to the Mixed Reviews yeah, where bye. all your lives are meaningless. <laughs> um, but, you know, she fully, d- I mean, when she goes toe-to-toe with Jerry, she goes toe-to-toe with Cuba. She also gets to be, even though she doesn't have a lot of lines in that scene, she gets to be in the iconic Show Me the Money scene. Yeah. She's yeah. there for the entire phone call. Even like uh, when she's the scene where Cuba Gooding Jr. like gets injured at the football game, and she's watching from home, yeah. and she's really emotional. So I do think the movie was a very good showcase for her. Um, in uh, <laughs> I mean, she's better than fucking Renee Zellweger in the movie, right. <laughs> bitch. I'll the, tell uh, you that. <laughs> the uh, why'd you get so squinty when you said that? That's so weird. <laughs> um, the spirit of Renee, yeah. <laughs> so re- um. And then, you know, the next thing she does, she plays Will Smith's wife uh-huh. in Enemy of the State. And then this sort of becomes her steez for the next yeah. five years, where she's like, she's in How Stella Got Her Groove Back, playing a friend. She's in Mighty Joe Young, playing a friend. Yep. You know, she's in Daddy Daycare, playing a wife, you know, uh, and on and on. And then you, every now and then she gets these brief moments of like... um 
places that she gets to do something slightly different, but not always successful. That's where you get your Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde, your Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous, a Cinderella story, um... Down to Earth, which I believe she has a much larger role in, but I didn't get a chance to see it. I've seen it, but I didn't rewatch it. Well, here they are, Mr. Wellington, the faces that you were too much of a coward to confront. So what do you have to say to them? Hey, what's up, Willie? Crunch and crunch, how you doing, man? Hey, big IV. Now, save me a sip. I want a sip now. I know what's wrong with you. Your breath is destroying the environment. Why don't you tell them that you don't care about them? And while you're at it, how come you locked the staff and the press out of this meeting? You know what? I must have been out of my mind. Was I taking ecstasy that day? We going in there. I don't know. It, I, it wasn't that I didn't... I just didn't have time. I, I was on the road a lot. <laughs> I mean, but that's kind of telling, I guess, if we can't even remember. Like, Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know... And I think because of that, she really starts to retreat Well, from she also... She, sorry, she also does Ray. Yes, she plays his mistress um, because his wife is um, Carrie Washington. Yes. And I think that was the first, I mean, when I watched the movie, I was like, oh my God, was this Carrie Washington's first thing she did? I don't like. I, I don't know when she came on my radar for me, but it certainly wasn't Ray. Um, and yeah, she plays his mistress, but she's like a singer. I mean, I fuck me, I guess, but she's a very famous singer. And uh, she's like, give me a solo, Ray, give me a solo, blah, blah, blah. And she really, she wants him to leave Carrie yeah. Washington for her. And uh, you lay up in my bed every night, my bed. I'm gonna have this baby Ray. No, no, Ray, no. I care about you, baby. You ain't gonna nothing happen to you. I pay for everything. No, it's gonna cost you more than money. I want you to leave her and come and be with our baby. You got your damn mind. You knew the rules when you got into this. No good and goddamn well I ain't gonna leave my family. Leave your family? You are a damn fool, you know that. Between the dope and the music and me, you are ready to let your damn family. You know what the sad part about it is, Ray? You don't even know it. Margie Hendricks. Margie Hendricks. Um, and she has even said on a round table when they asked, like, who would you want to have lunch with anyone living or dead? She says Margie Hendricks. Really? Yeah, because Margie Hendricks, that, the, 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 the real woman, she was ambitious. She was a great singer, but she became an alcoholic, um, because of, I, I, I mean, not because of, but I think in a lot had to do with her kind of hoping that Ray Charles was, was going to love her, choose her, and also um, help her launch her career. And she she had a couple of hits, um, but um, yeah, he is he's adamant that he's not leaving his wife, and she eventually quits, tries to go on her own, and she's really great in that movie. And she was not given the the I don't feel like she was ever given the same attention that Jamie Foxx was given, which is a little unfortunate because... Did she get nominated? Uh, no. No? Uh, no. Except for the Image Awards, where she got a Supporting Actress nomination. Huh. Um, but the... Yeah, she... I, Which is not... I always have... Uh, oh, she did also get a Satellite Award nomination okay. um, for, for Best Actress, not for Supporting. Huh. Um, the... I always have trouble with people playing real people because I think they're at a slight advantage over others. Um, 
because they have access to archives. Yeah. And oftentimes if you're, we talked a little bit about this with Melissa McCarthy playing Lee Israel, where like one of the things I enjoyed about her was that I felt that there was an equal balance of Melissa McCarthy in there, as well as this character she was creating of Lee Israel. And oftentimes I worry when it's uh, playing a real person, it's like, are we like their just ability to mimic them right, being a character it, yeah and that and like i like jamie fox's performance i'm not saying anything too terrible but it is very much yeah. a mimic well role. especially when it's like someone so iconic as right. ray charles like you can i mean there is a way to learn how to play someone who is blind right you know and ray charles who was famous for the way he played piano and like shook his head and right. opened his mouth really big and wide regina king you know this woman she was a she has a lot less material to work with it's yeah. a much more limited yeah she was a, a black female singer who had an alcohol problem you know yeah. like it was there was nothing defining about um, this character in a, in a specific way like Ray right. Charles. It's a lot of pressure because there's not a lot about her. So you kind of like in the dark, you know, um, there's not a lot of photographs on her. There's not a lot of video clips. So it's not really like I have someone to, um, to you know, kind of study their movements, you know. So all I had was her music and her voice to study. And for her voice to be so powerful and um, the information that uh, Ray had given Taylor, and the little bit that I was able to read on her background and where she was from, you know, I just kind of took all those things and, you know, just felt that she was just this raw talent that was strong in the 60s and spoke her mind, and that wasn't really received well, women speaking their mind that way. And um, so we just, uh, with the wardrobe, tried to do little things like put her in pants because women really didn't wear pants, but we felt like Margie would be that one woman that was going to wear pants. Not only was she going to wear pants, but she was going to wear pants every day if she could. So that's probably, like, her, her biggest thing in the late 2000s. Yep. Or, I mean, the in the, the yeah, early, early 2000s. Yeah. But also around that time, she really starts to move into television. Yeah. Um, and she starts, she's talked about that, that uh, the decision was she could spend more time with her son. Now she, she got married in 1997 to Ian Alexander. They divorced in 2007. They have one son, Ian Alexander Jr. He was born in 1996. So if you think about that, like this is the time we're starting to go to school. She wants to stay in LA more, but also, and she doesn't necessarily say this. And I think it's a very, I think it's a very diplomatic thing that she doesn't say this. It seems like, She's not getting the offers that she oh, yeah. deserves. She is playing wives and friends yeah. and sidekicks. And it's not... I mean, there's only so many movies where you can play, you know, like... And, and that's an awful thing also about, like, uh, black female leads. We talked about this with Viola Davis. Yeah. The sassy black friend. Yeah. It's such a trope in Hollywood yeah. to cast a person of color in the role of, like, either the... The sassy, I'm going to tell you the truth character, or the wise and magical black person yeah. who shows up and gives you the, the answers you need. Yeah, and I think especially uh, within black actresses, it was like Nia Long in this time period was like the quote, pretty hot one. Yes, yeah, That yeah. was like palatable for, you know, um, everyone to be like, oh yeah, that is a pretty right. um, uh, romantic lead. And I think uh, Regina King got stuck in this Hollywood 
loop of like, oh, that is the friend who you don't need to like have too much investment right. in. She's this like color character, which is super fucking unfortunate because she's so good at what she's she does. She's so good. And she, it, she really, I, I think there's a really interesting thing about watching Regina King act is I feel like you can really see her. And I'm not saying like you're seeing her act, not at all by any means. I, I think she loses herself with characters, but I think you see her dig into her characters in a, in a way that's different than a lot of other actors. Yeah. Um, she really pulls, um, unexpected emotions out of, out of people. Um, I don't know. I think, I think she's, she's a force. Yeah. Like she, there's a, there's a natural charm to her, but there's also a depth that you don't necessarily get from people who are stuck playing the best friend character. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, this is no shade to Nia Long either. I think she's a really good actress. But I, I think it's almost like, uh, I mean, a majority of actors, I guess, they're like, the physicality of who they are right. oftentimes is a hurdle for them that off, more often than not, um, especially black actresses, don't get a chance to leap over that. Like, I think a lot of actors be like, oh, this is my chance to show my versatility and range. Whereas um, I think a lot of uh, POC actors... They have to just for the longest time bang their heads against their stereotype and their like what they're giving you um, physically um, because that's all they're getting. They don't yeah. get chances like white actors do to show range or whatever. Absolutely. You don't. You don't. How many times have we seen a black actress get the chance to do what Charlize Theron did? Yeah. You know, we. I don't think I can't think of any moment where we got to see um, a black actress go ugly, quote unquote, or play something that's way off base from you know. As a, just being a black woman. Absolutely. Uh, um, which is super unfortunate. Um, because I, I mean, and this kind of leads us into, um, I think a lot of her TV work because in TV world, Regina King on like American crime was able to play, you know, a Muslim mother. Right. You know, uh, the, these roles that probably she wouldn't have had access to in a film world. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not to say that they don't exist. They do. They're just mostly in no budget independent films, yeah. you know, and, and they don't reach the audience that she would be able to, someone of her stature is able to access through doing TV. And that's sort of, you know, her first big TV role is actually voice work in the boondocks, Ooh, yeah, which, yeah. which is like a really important thing. She plays both Huey and Riley Freeman, two young boy characters. If you have not seen the boondocks, this wasn't no movie. The smart thing was to say yes, get up and leave the room. But then I thought to myself, what if this was a movie? Look, fuck you, fuck the plane you flew in on, fuck them shoes, fuck the socks with the bell on it, fuck them cheap-ass cigars, fuck your yuck mouth teeth, fuck your hairpiece, fuck your chocolate, fuck Guy Ritchie, fuck Prince William, fuck yeah. the Queen. This is America. My president is black and my Lambo is blue, nigga. Now get the fuck out my hotel room. And if I see you in the street, I'm slapping the shit out of you. Again, I just love that she's also has a finger in this very important cultural, like black American, yes. like, um, things like absolutely boondocks is one of those things. The, um, and, but post that, you know, her first big, like long running TV show that she gets is she, she stars in the NBC police procedural Southland. It gets canceled after one season on NBC, but then gets picked up by TNT. It runs for four more years. Yeah. And that she's, often talked about if there's one job she could go back to it would be going back to southland to to be on that set with the fellow actors that she the relationships that she built there and to play that character and see where that character goes she was with um the kid from the oc in that right yeah i remember like watching 
the first season of that. There was also Ben McKenzie. Ben McKenzie is like the co-lead. And then I remember, I mean, I must have been like a young gay at the time because I was like, ooh, they have like a, a police character who's also gay. But like he was very like DL. He would go to bars and just yeah. like be sad. And I was like, oh my God, moody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, this is what life is like. Yeah. Um, ooh, sad gay cops. <laughs> but from there, she went on and she was on 24. She was on uh, Shameless. She's also, and I didn't know this until we played this game because it's not a world I traffic in. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on The Big Bang Theory. I did not know multiple that. Multiple episodes. And I found some clips and they're like, racist (laughs) so i was like cool dr cooper how can i help you yes hello i'm fine Um, (laughs) i understand you may have a bad impression of me so i bought you a gift uh dr cooper that's not necessary it's too late get ready to like me roots Tragic history of slavery in America. Fun for the whole family. Why would you think this is an appropriate gift? Um, well... You are black, right? This meeting has come to an end. Because you want to start watching it right now. Copy that. Sorry you had to do this, Regina. Um, I was like, that's, uh, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to look that up. No, you're, you're better off. Um, and then, you know, this brings her to like the middle of the 2000s and really she does her, her like last live action screen movie, uh, with our family wedding in 2010. Yeah. I watched that and I was like, huh, <laughs> huh, huh, huh. And like her name is on the, you know, on the poster. It's, yeah. uh, also, uh, Forrest, Forrest Whitaker, America Ferreira, Carlos Mencia. Yeah, Carlos Shannon Mencia. Shannon Sosaman. Carlos Mencia's mom is also in that. And you know who else is in that very small role? A very young Gina Rodriguez. Oh, really? Yeah, she plays, uh. Baby Rodriguez. She plays one of America Ferreira's, like, friends in the wedding. But, um, yeah. By the way, as a nation, we failed America Ferreira, and I will never forgive any of you for it. We really did. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, go, go back to what you were saying. Sorry. Anyways. Um, yeah, our family wedding, it wasn't my, um, one star review pick, but it's down there. It's gutter. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, it's very clear as to why she started moving towards doing TV more as a, an outlet. Yes. But, you know, like I said, she, she gets these roles post, um, Southland. She then goes on to do three seasons of American Crime, which unfortunately ended too soon. American Crime was an anthology show, uh, often using the same cast repeatedly, a new crime each season, uh, but everybody playing different characters. First season, she plays uh, Aaliyah Shahid, Terry LaCroix in the second season, and Kamira Walters in the third season. Two of those seasons, she gets Emmy Awards for. Yeah, yeah. The second season was incredible. Yeah, it involves a sexual assault. Her son is a suspect. Yes, in and the sexual assault. She, and in that episode, um, she is uh, married to Andre 3000 yes. in that season, and uh, they're kind of like rich, snooty, yeah, very like uh, ruthless. I'm almost at the school. Okay, bring him home. Rob will meet us at the house. What does the article say? 
Indianapolis police have confirmed that they are investigating members of the prestigious Leland Academy basketball team. Are you close to the school? Kevin LaCroix, 18, captain of the Leland basketball team, hosted the party where the alleged sexual assault took place. Alcohol use documented on social oh, media. God. I'm on Kevin's Facebook page now. People are already saying things. Stop reading that. What, it's been online, what, two minutes and people are already talking? I, I'm here. I think I was at the Emmys that Regina King won her um, Emmy. Really? Yeah. Um, I saw her and she was beautiful and her son was there with her. I'm like, literally, I could have, if I was a fucking monster, I could have like reached out and touched her, but that would have been very weird. Um, but yeah. I, I do want to say though, uh, since we are talking about the Emmys, prior to her winning those Emmys, because that was American Crime ran from 2015 to 2017. Um, a, not too long ago before that, um, in 2010, she wrote a scathing op-ed for the Huffington Post oh, yeah, as a yeah. special contributor. And I want to read this little bit. She said, I've worked in television nearly all my professional life, and the statistic is quite sobering to me. And add, and to add injury to my already sensitive nerve, nerve endings, a picture of Rutina Wesley from True Blood, who attended this year's Emmys, had the caption that read, Regina King enters the 62nd Emmys. No, I wasn't there. Mistakes happen, right? Well, after a few, quote, mistakes of how people of color are portrayed in the Hollywood media, I decided it was important to say something about how things go down in Hollywood. I, I love the fact that she wrote this, and it, and it makes me very happy. I don't think this is the reason that she want, she continue, she started winning Emmys, especially yeah. five years on. Right. I think she deserves her Emmys. But I'm glad she said something, you yeah. know? Yeah. The, it's, it's really unfortunate. And she's continued that today. I mean, so, I mean... She has If Beale Street Could Talk out now, um, which is her first big movie in a long time. Yeah, since 2010. Look, here's the thing. I, um, If Beale Street Could Talk is the first film I've done in like 10 years. Really? Yeah. I've been doing TV. I decided that I needed, I didn't want to uh, travel outside of the city. Sure. You know, because Ian was starting, um, I think, junior high yeah. at the time. And I was, uh, I was like, I need to stay here. Yeah. And, you know, my agents were like, well, that means TV. Mm -hmm. And remember, when we were kind of starting out, mm -hmm. um, especially me, because I think I'm a little bit older than you, but it was like that line, that divide right. between television and film. Yeah. Film actors are yeah. regarded yeah. like, yeah, hmm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. They're Shakespearean, yeah. you know, and yeah. then television was... Slamming it. Yeah, slamming it. <laughs> yeah. And for me, overall, I just want a, I want a good story. Yeah, totally. I want to tell a great story. Yeah. So Her role in this movie is way more significant than she's had in, a, in a, also a long while. Right. And, and admittedly, she's playing a mother and a wife. But this is a very different yeah. style of, yeah. of what you're expecting when you hear someone's playing a mother and a wife. Yeah, and... She's continued the same, um, I don't want to say it's a crusade, but every a chance she gets to be on stage when she's winning an award, she's saying how she's fighting for women, women of color, uh, to get the respect and opportunities. Um, uh, and, and now that she, just like during this time, she was essentially, I think she was a part of the ABC diversity, yeah. um, directors program and she, like uh, Shonda Rhimes kind of like took her under her wing. Well, that's, as I mentioned before, she's really found this love of direction and, and directing and she started in 2013. She did an episode of Southland since then she did six episodes of being Mary Jane. 
She did two episodes Excellent of Scandal. show, P.S. Being Mary Jane, <laughs> starring another amazing black woman, Gabrielle Union. Love that show. Oh, I love Gabrielle Union. Yeah. Um, she did two episodes of Scandal from 2015 and 2016. She did an episode of The Catch. She's done an episode of Animal Kingdom on TNT. Uh, Greenleaf, Pitch. She did directed an episode of This Is Us, Shameless, The Good Doctor. And then in the last year, she did an episode of Insecure. Yeah, wow. And and so I love the fact that she's been giving these opportunities. And you know what? She sounds like she's, based on what I've heard and listened to, there's a great bit of the Actors Roundtable where she was talking about directing. She sounds like she's a really attentive director. I bet. I mean, when, you see, when, you're, when you're an actor and you get to, like, kind of see, you know, how things are happening and, and what you have to go through to be, to do your best work. Often when a director is not savvy enough to actually have a conversation with the actor. Sometimes it can be as simple as, oh my gosh, she looks so beautiful mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. In that light. In that light, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and Carrie and I, we were uh, doing a scene and she wanted to be up against this wall and I was like, I can't put you up against the green wall. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I just, yeah. green in the wall. <laughs> yeah. and the undertones. And I was like, I hear you. I'm with you, I move it. Right, right. But, Let me know. But becoming a director <laughs> allowed me to be able to have that conversation yeah. and know that an actor would get it. Yeah. Right. Opposed to when we're not being talked to or we're not being, um, we have a take and someone <laughs> yeah. is not saying, you know, that was great or, you know, try it this way. It's it's not that we want praise, but as an actor, you want to hear some direction. I direction. want to act <laughs> direction. Yeah. Yes. yes. Totally. So something that's going to elevate the <laughs> thoughts happens. that I've already so had. Rarely when anyone directs me, I'm like, oh, wow, that was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happens once, like, yeah. every two yeah. years. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I have to do everything I on my own, that. and then I don't expect anyone to do yeah, anything. The best directors that you've had are the ones that actually inspire something in you. You've, you've had a thought. You've been working on these lines. You've done all of your research. You've built your backstory as an actor. And those directors that can still come and tell you something mm-hmm. and you go, oh, wow. That yeah. helps. That helps. Yeah, mm-hmm. let me try it that way. Yeah, that rarely happens. It's, though, you I, know, I feel, yeah. with my actresses, like, she, it's a love scene. I'm like, put it at the beginning of the day because she doesn't yep. want to eat before. Yes, you see? <laughs> she's so, nice. yeah. so, so nice. Real quick, and I don't want to keep belaboring the point with the Emmys, by the way, too, though. She, from 1999... Until she got her um, Emmy in 2015, the only people that were nominating her for anything were um, the Teen Choice Awards, the Screen Actors Guild Awards, Satellite Awards, the NAACP Awards, and the BET Awards. And Emmys, Oscars, Golden Globes, just ignoring her. Yeah. And I admit, like we said, she played a lot of sisters, wives, girlfriends, best friends, so the Oscars don't have a tendency to reward those yeah. so much, but like, I don't know. It, it looks bad. It doesn't, it's not even just it looks bad. It's incorrect. Right. Um, because it's not even, it's never about like, um, quotas. It's, you know, recognizing truly the amazing work that's being done. Um, and looking outside of just like the blinders. And so, I mean, that's also really important why the academy is becoming more diverse. Yeah. Um, uh, and shaking things up. I know like it feels like a lot of growing pains for the academy. Um, but those are all good things, you know? Absolutely. Um, because at the very least, more people are getting their work seen and they're being recognized, um, for their good work. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
So before we move into our picks, I also just want to mention um, that, you know, as I've said many times on the show, I like talking about celebrity charity causes. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to to know what was important to these, uh, you know, actors, actresses, filmmakers. Uh, and she supports some really good ones. She's uh, 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 supported the Beckstrand Cancer Foundation and the Coalition for Skin Disease. Um, and she's also uh, working with the I Have a Dream Foundation um, to get a chance for higher education for low income uh, kids. And I think that's a, that's a really powerful message that she's sending out there into the world. I got involved with the I Have a Dream Foundation at my first Emmy appearance. I love anything that has to do with empowering children and giving them more resources. It just felt right to be a part and get involved and get to know what they're doing there in a deeper way. She seems to love children in a major way. Yeah. Um, and I know she loves being a mom and she yeah. is fully committed to her son and um, making sure. I mean, she has a, she, she talks a lot of, of, of the interviews I could find with her. And she talks a lot about growing up and how her mom was very strict with her and her sister. Yeah. You know, I've got a, I've, I've got a mama, mm -hmm. you know, not a mother, a mama. <laughs> and there's a difference. What's the difference? <laughs> Break it I down. Got, I got whoopings. Uh, <laughs> um, no, so I mean, she wasn't playing around. No, and she's a teacher. Mm -hmm. So, like, not only did we get um, whoopings, once my mother was very, you know, she used that psychology. We called her um, Yoda because she would always, and, and all the kids on her block, your mom and them Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she, when she realized that I would prefer a whooping, to right. get in trouble um, because after it happened, it was done, she realized, oh, I need to change the discipline game. So mm -hmm. she would do things like make us write a paper about it, you know, like a ditch school, write about why I ditch and things that could happen and actually, you know, grade us on it. And if it wasn't right, would send us back to the to the to the lab and make corrections wow. yeah so i don't know i just feel like those little things they stick with you and she like in those early john singleton movies you can tell that she's living her truth that you know it is not far from what her experience was like growing up in la i mean not that she grew up in compton obviously no but but she had the black family. I mean, even in It Feels We Could Talk, like have the, the, those scenes with her and her family in that movie, you can, you really sense that this is coming from a place um, of love and truth. Uh, and it's a great thing to watch. Absolutely. So do you want to get into our picks, Louie? Let's do our one star reviews. Okay. I've talked about this movie before. And I want to say that when we talked about this movie before, I was like, if we do Regina King, this is her movie also. Her and Sandy Bullock share the great, great honor of their one-star reviews being um, Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous. <laughs> I don't mean to belabor the point, but some people just do not know how drag queens work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that this is, this is still stuck in your craw I for will, months. I will never let get over this. <laughs> and it's a shame because I know... 
that Regina King could do an amazing Tina Turner lip sync for your life. Okay. <laughs> and that, this was taking away from her. Okay. They, her like being nervous and like, she, the movie makes her sing the song at this drag show, but then also she's, uh, having to, you know, but then like the music comes back on. It's, it's all just a fucking mess. Um, I guess if, if you don't know about Miss Congeniality 2, it's the sequel to the very, um, popular and wonderful Miss Congeniality starring Sandra Bullock. This was kind of in the, uh, I guess era. This is 2005. Um, so kind of closer to her kind of ending her. Uh, this movie came out, I think the same, same year as Ray. Um, and which is just like a fucking awful, like, look at one, look at the other. Uh, and she plays like the hard kind of foil to Sandra Bullock. She's her new partner or bodyguard essentially because Sandra Bullock is the face of the FBI and is not really in the field anymore. Um, until, um, Miss USA gets kidnapped. Right. And they have to go to Vegas. Uh oh, to help crack the case. And, um, they hire Regina King's character to be her bodyguard to make sure she's safe. And antics ensue because they have butting personalities. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing they make her do for, you know, even Legally Blonde, where it's like, she is by the book. And Elle Woods is just like a fun spirit. We're going to get to that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The, the, and of course, by the end of the movie, you know, the cr- crazy white lady has worn her down and we get to see her true inside spirit. And she's not that bad after all. And I was like, God, this movie. I mean, I, going to see like these, these movies, you're like, Oh my God, and more Miss Congenia. I'm so excited. And then you leave and you're like, I was fine without, <laughs> I could have just seen Miss Congeniality again. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. This, uh, yeah, this is not good. The director's going to call me back any minute. <clears throat> good. And when he does, you can let him know that Chase and Dolly was all your dumb idea. Oh, really? Well, let me ask you something, chatty Kathy. What happened to team, yo? You and me in it together. Hmm? Don't do that again. And that was before you ruined my career. What? Yeah, McDonald said that if I screw this up, then I'm out of the bureau. Thanks, Hart. What are you complaining about? You're not famous. Nobody knows who you are. You're a private failure. But you see this? You see this? Everybody knows this. So if I screw up, I'm failure face. Well, get your failure face out of my ruined career face, because right now I'm mad, and I'm pissed off and mad. Oh, oh, okay, hold on. So you're double mad? All right, well, if you're double mad, then I am mad, mad, mad. All right, top that one. Back off. Okay, you know you got to stop hitting me, because every time you do it, wrinkles. It's the 80s. I don't hate her performance in that movie as much as I hate that movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the world's best performance, so I definitely agree with you that it probably deserves a one-star review. But... She's not my problem. Mm. I guess that's where, but it's a bad movie. There's a so, lot of bad things yeah. in that movie that I was, I mean, they, uh, we talked about this with Sandra Bullock. It's like they essentially took everything that was good about the first movie and just kind of crisplatted it. Yeah. You know, they, it's, they, they, they took out all of the fun and, um, they, I don't know what they tried. They, they made, they made, they made the, the main character a completely different. Well, this, this is the, this is the problem with sequels to, to movies like this. Um, because you need to have the, the, you want the audience to fall in love with the, everything in the same way and manner in which they fell in love with the initial film. 
In order to do that, you have to erase the character back to, to level one. Yeah. And so the problem they, they always make is that you essentially have the same character arc, but more enhanced. And we talked about it with, with the Sandra Bullock one, where it's like, you know, everything about her becomes to the nth degree. You know, yeah. she's, she's suddenly like the, the, Prissy. yeah. And, and it doesn't necessarily make sense. So my one star review, I'm just going to launch right into it, is Legally Blonde 2, Red, uh-huh. White, and Blonde. Uh, which I'd never seen until today, actually. Oh, good for you. And, uh, Congratulations. Oh, my, thank you. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because that, that movie is the black mirror to the initial Legally yeah. Blonde. Because what it does is it erases every bit of character development that you had from Elle yeah. Woods. But what's even weirder about this one, whereas the message of the first movie is that, like, maybe not everybody's smart in the way that you like in the traditional way that you think they're smart, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're stupid. This movie posits that Elle Woods and her friends have to make everyone stupider to accomplish their goals. So the plot of uh, Legally Blonde 2 is that she decides to go to Washington to put in a bill to stop animal testing. Along the way, you find out her dog is gay. By the way, the reason this even happens is she wants to invite her dog's mom to her wedding, which is the the, literally the dumbest plot device I've ever seen in a movie, to the fact that the movie has to comment on it. Yeah, it's... I need to... She hires an investigator to find Bruiser's mom. Yeah. Because she needs to send an invite for the wedding that they're going to have in, like, I don't know, Fenway Park or some shit. Yeah. Um, they find the mom and she's at a animal testing facility. Yes. And, and this is like the setup for the movie. Right. <laughs> so she, because of this, her wanting to sue these people for animal testing, she gets fired from her job. She decides to go to Washington so she can put an anti-animal testing bill. She's working for Sally Field. Sally Field, who's an, uh, a fellow alumnus of Harvard, a blonde, you know, blonde yeah. woman from Harvard. But that connection doesn't matter as much as the connection to a uh, Republican senator who is also from Cap and New or whatever the name. Yeah. Fuck. And, and it just goes on from there. But the, like I said, the problem is, is like it never, the, this movie, unlike the first movie, never elevates Elwood's character, never makes you realize like, yeah. oh, she actually is smart. She's putting in the work. Yeah. She literally has to make everybody else dumber. Now, to get to Regina King's character, because she's really the reason for the season, uh, Regina King plays Selma Blair's role from the first movie. Yeah. She's literally transported. Mm-hmm. Like, they've, they've taken and grafted this new character. She hates Elle Woods. There is no reason, really, for her to hate Elle Woods, other than the fact that, like, this new Elle Woods is an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's like- kind of funny, because up up until she actually does something bad, I was just like, Regina King's right. Yeah. Because Elwood's is like this terror who comes in and dumbs everything down for everybody. Yeah. You leave us alone now. Excuse me? Look, I know you've been working against us, and I know somehow it's personal. You don't like me. Clearly. Well, if I leave Washington, will you call off the fight and let Bruiser's Bill have a fair shot? Your bill is trivial to me. I have my own agenda. What, like the homeowner's bill that you pushed through at our expense? You know, that's all I'm asking, Grace. The homeowner's incentives? I wouldn't touch that bill. It's a tax break for the wealthy. Well, haven't you been pushing it for the last two sessions? Look, Victoria has a live interview with Connie Chung in an hour. I don't have time for this. Yeah, I think the movie's trying to, like, be like, 
sometimes if you do things your own way, like you don't have to do things the way everyone else does. Right. I think that's what they're trying they're to trying do. They're trying to do. But it, in the end, it's just like she invites her dumb friends who we know are dumb. Right. And have gotten dumber. Yeah. All of her friends, her husband included, mm-hmm. have gotten dumber. Dumber. And teaching interns how to do dog yeah, dog cheerleading, cheerleading dances to fucking yeah. horrifying. Yeah, to George Clinton. The 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 first one is a smart feminist, like yeah. you know, pro women, like right. everything. The second one fully feels like a committee cash grab. Yeah, and, absolutely. And Regina and, King, and I feel really bad because she's she's not given a lot to do, and I also don't think she did a lot with what she was given to do because once again she's playing somebody else's role. Yeah, I mean, but in both. Legally Blonde 2 and Miss Congeniality 2, she's playing, like, the tough black woman who, like, is by the book, book. and, you know, is gonna stand up to, like, the the white girl who's, like, kind of, like, ditzy. Because even though in um, Miss Congeniality, um, Gracie Hart's character, that is not her character. No. But in the second one, they make her into a prissy, dumb white girl. Um, and they were like, oh, what if we just put like a tough black woman? Because I will say Regina King is a very like muscular, um, like she has a a strong presence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also real quick before we move out of our one star reviews, uh, or talk about other ones, I do want to say, I don't blame Regina King for taking either of these roles. These are guaranteed money makers. They were huge. They were sequels to movies that were huge. Yeah. I would also want a piece of that. Yeah. And so like, but. I feel bad that she was offered these roles in these shit sequels. Yeah. That's tragic. Yeah. Was there anything else that you saw that you absolutely, as I mentioned before, not the world's higher, biggest higher learning fan. I, I think, I think there's a lot going on there that I like, but it's yeah. so it's, oppressive. It's heavy. Yeah. It's almost like he, so he, John Singleton made Boys in the Hood, which yeah. was like critically like lauded, Poetic Justice, which got like mixed reviews. <laughs> and then uh he was like, you know what, I'm gonna make another big heavy swing for like topics, issues. Yeah. And um poor Tyra Banks, spoiler, dies. Yeah. Um I wanna tell you the story that I was meaning to tell you earlier. I had a dream literally last night where um uh what's the the Nazi guy in this movie, Michael uh, Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport. He was in my dreams last night. And I'm so sorry. He he literally. I think this is like the first time I'd seen him. Like he's so young in this movie. Yeah. Um. He's also in Poetic Justice, though. Like, yes. Oh, quick second. Um. In my dream, he's like Louis. You know, there's something between us. You can't deny it. And I. I mean, were you trying to deny it? Is that what? It no. Like I guess we were on a date, maybe. But literally, um, I woke up and um, I was at Derek's place and I was like, babe, Michael Rappaport like wants to, like be boyfriends but i told him i was like not single (laughs) oh that movie really planted itself yeah deep inside you almost dated a nazi in your dreams in my dreams god michael rapaport the power he has (laughs) i think that's i think that covers her the the areas we don't really want to spend too long on so why don't we move into our five-star reviews my five-star uh uh, review goes to Poetic Justice. Um, I know that that's maybe it's, it's it didn't get the same like um, love that um, Boys in the Hood got, but I think Poetic Justice is just trying to do different things. Yeah. This Poetic Justice is romance, 
and not just between like people, but I, I, it felt so romantic again, uh, for all like um, th- this beautiful scenes where they go to a um, family reunion and they crash it. And Tupac has a line where it's like, this is the most amount of black people I've seen and no one's fighting. And it just kind of like really hit me like, and they're, they're, they really want some barbecue and the people who are there, they don't know Tupac and Janet Jackson and Regina King. And they're like, Hey cousin, come on down. And it's so beautiful. And like my Angelou is there as playing like one of the matriarchs of the family. And it truly just felt like, ah, I could just imagine being a young black person and seeing this, like there are good things about us and um, things that we can celebrate about our families and and things that aren't portrayed in the media. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I I think someone, um, a, a different movie in the hands of someone less careful or less smart would have just like, you know, and for the longest time, I didn't know what boys in the hood was about. And it, you so you just think about you know oh um you know violence and this and that but it's so much more than that and it's not yeah. just like uh, these awful stereotypical things um but so Poetic Justice is about um Justice is Janet Jackson's character she's the lead role and she is a hair um stylist but also she's a poet and fun fact in the movies all the poems that she writes are actually written by Maya Angelou yes um which and, means they're great yeah they're <laughs> fucking excellent yeah and um she um. Tupac plays a mail carrier and he, uh, you know, he tries to flirt with her for a little bit. He has a child from another woman. Um, he's doing his best. He wants to be a musician, but he really thinks that his cousin is actually doing stuff in Oakland. They live in, um, in LA in Compton and, uh, they essentially, it's a road trip movie. Yeah, it's a road trip movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she is on her way to Oakland to do a hair show. Her car breaks down, so she calls her best friend Aisha. That's Regina King's character. And Aisha is going, but she got a ride with her boyfriend, Chicago. Yeah. Um, and Chicago's going with Lucky, which is Tupac, in this male van. Um, and so they all jump in this van, and uh, Lucky and Justice are up front, basically squabbling the entire way uh, because, you know, he's trying to show up and she's trying to be strong and independent and she doesn't need anything in the back meanwhile Aisha and Chicago are like kind of hooking up but kind of fighting um that scene by the way when when their relationship comes to a head <sighs> has stuck with me for years yeah I love it I love the choices Regina King makes in that scene more than that though and I'm gonna come back to Regina that scene is shot like a fucking samurai film. The, the, the like instincts that John Singleton has about the, the way he does close-ups, the way he does whips, the way he does, like, it looks like yeah. Akira Kurosawa. It's crazy. Yeah. It's shot so, and I'm not saying that I enjoy, cause Chicago does end up hitting Regina King, yeah. and I do not enjoy that. But the, the way it's shot, like, I, I don't know, like, how he could be so young and have yeah. those... He was, like, pure... maybe 25, 26 yeah. when he was making this movie. But it's, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I just... I mean, this is the first time we get to see Regina King have a fully realized character. Yeah. She's not just a sassy, um, you know, best friend. Because I guess we forgot to mention she's in Friday also. She's in Friday as well, yeah. Kind of playing a similar role. And I like Friday a lot. I love so, Friday. Yeah, oh, my so. God. When I, I rewatched Friday and I was like, this movie still fucking slaps. <laughs> but but it's also not a huge role. So, no, not a huge yeah. role. But so in this one, she Aisha, she's kind of an alcoholic. She um, has a very uh, fraught relationship with Chicago 
And, uh, the road trip is just like, the movie is like peeling off layers of these four characters and they all have these internal monologues and feelings about, you know, who they are, who they want to be. And for Regina King's character specifically, she is looking out for number one. She openly flirts with other guys in front of Chicago. Um, there's that, the scene that you mentioned where she fully blows up at him. Um, she's essentially mad that he can't like stay hard and have sex with her for a long time. And yeah. she's like, she fully goes in a, she goes all the way off. Look, don't touch talk me. To me then. Don't touch well, then me. Don't turn your back on me. I need to turn my back on you. Why? I need to turn my back on you. Cause that's the reason why the other bitch left you. Cause you can't hang. Cause I can't hang. Cause you I can't, can't hang. hang. Well, that's a fucked up thing to say. You know no, what I'm but it's a real no, thing to say. No, it a real goddamn thing. That's what please, I get. That's please. what I give a fuck with bitches like you. Fucking with bitches like me? Yeah. No, I don't give a fuck about you, Chicago. Fuck you. Listen to what the fuck I got to say. Listen to what I got to say. Don't touch me. I already told you not to touch me. What the fuck do you have to say? What the fuck? Do I need to listen How come to? my shit can be all like this? All beautiful as shit. You gotta beautiful, go fuck it up. Cause you ain't a beautiful motherfucker. Oh, that's fucked up. I ain't a beautiful. I'm sick of this shit. I'm tired of arguing with your Shut motherfucking ass. Shut the fuck ass. up, Chicago. Don't you turn away Don't from me. Don't touch me. You better stop, all right? You know what? You, stop. you know what? You weak. You a weak ass punk. You think you the shit just cause you work out? You ain't buff. I wish I never met your sorry ass. You a sorry motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. Brush that weak ass fade. Niggas dick can't stay hard five minutes. The fuck you do, take steroids? That's the reason why I'm fucking somebody else. Eventually, Justice has to pull her aside and is like, you need to stop drinking. You are on a road to fucking hell, girl. And she starts breaking down and crying. Um... And yeah, I just love that movie so much. I it it, it it was so I liked that it was different from Boys in the Hood is a masterpiece. Yeah, um, but it is very different. It's a very different. Film. It's not. But uh, I I also think it takes a lot of you know chutzpah to to do that as your second film when you have something because Boys in the Hood also feels very epic. Yeah, and this is a small story. Yeah, it's small and it's focused on a woman, um, and it's not. I mean, the scope of Boys in the Hood, I mean, there's a lot of time that passes in the yeah. movie. In this, it's literally just a road trip between Compton and Oakland. But yeah, such a lovely movie. Yeah. And I, again, I'm like embarrassed that I didn't see these movies, but I, I, yeah, I, I would say the ranking though is definitely higher learning is at the tail end. Yeah. Um, and she's not a big part of that movie either. No, she's really not. Um, and also, that movie, I guess, is the first time we see John Singleton using a lot of white characters as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but whatever. So, uh, my five-star review, at the risk of sounding very basic, is, I'm just going to pull the band-aid off, is If Beale Street Could Talk. Correct. I, I think she's currently doing her best work. Yeah. Um, this is her time. I'm so excited to see what she does afterwards. Uh, Beale Street Talk is out right now, so I don't want to give too much away, but essentially her character, the main characters in the film are a young couple in love, um, and her, she plays the mother of the, of the, one of the two, the, the female of the couple. Um, she, her daughter gets pregnant, um, and instead of, uh, you know, it sort of toys with the idea that like maybe they wouldn't be happy yeah, as a family. Not be okay. Yeah, but what's great about Regina King's character is that she is very supportive of her daughter, uh, very supportive of this relationship, 
and basically is willing to do anything she can to make her daughter's life easier. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to get too much into it. I mean, it's based off a James Baldwin book. You can go read the book and go see the movie. The movie is one of the most beautiful films of 2018. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but Regina King, has to do a lot you know there's a there's a scene towards the very beginning it's a long scene Great where scene. yeah where they where they bring in Fonny's Fonny's family uh to tell him to tell them that uh she's pregnant. she's pregnant and they are the mother and the daughters are not accepting they're less they, happy. yeah they they think that they are you know that the, that this is a, a bad thing that the 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 implication is not, not only do they think that they're so much more highfalutin and, re- and religious, they also just think that they're higher class. Yeah. And you definitely get this idea that they hold themselves in this esteem and they think that this child will, will ruin uh, both her son and uh, Regina King's daughter's life. Um, and, uh, you know, she has this moment and I feel like this is one of the clips that goes around the internet where she, she tells this other woman, Fonny's mother that this is her grandbaby and I fully and literally there is no build I mean there's build up around the scene but not to Regina King's Mm -hmm. like moment that she has there and literally my eyes began welling and it's just the, the power and the gravitas that she brings to that moment that child is coming it's your grandchild I don't understand you. It's your grandchild. What difference does it make how he gets here? The child ain't got nothing to do with that. Ain't none of us got nothing to do with that. That child. That child. That child. That child. That child. Get your shit. Take your shit with you. Because you really feel that she is also fighting to to love the fact that her daughter is yeah. having a baby it's, so young. She certainly is not like, oh, yay, a baby. We yeah. love, She fully is like, this is happening, and I love my daughter, and this yes. is my grand... Like, it's almost like in her blood, you know? Yeah. Even though it's not the, the uh, ideal situation... She's not going to be mad um, and, like, abandon her daughter or say... These, I mean, the things that they say to her are fucking awful. Um, my other favorite moment in the movie, and this is not to give too much away, but eventually... And you find this out very early in the film. Fani is arrested. He's been accused of raping a woman. Um, she has gone back to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. um, to, basically, to get away from everything that's happening in the U.S. And they need her back to testify that it was not Fani who did this. Um, and so Regina King actually goes to Puerto Rico to talk to her. There's this really brilliant moment in the hotel before she goes to meet up with a contact who knows where she is, where she tries on a wig for a moment and then she decides not to do it. Uh, I've heard Regina King talk about that. Her idea. There's, um, the moment in the mirror where she takes off the wig and, mm-hmm. um, puts on the wig, takes the wig off mm-hmm. in the book that was a shawl. And, uh. um, I uh, told Barry, I said, what do you think about this being a wig? Mm. And because the wigs for women, Mm. you know, I mean, I remember my grandmother had one wig to, 
go handle business in another <laughs> right, way right. when she's going out with Amazing. my grandpa, you know, and um, and and she wears her own hair as well. So I felt like I, the, the time, the era that it was, yeah. I wanted to embrace that. And I felt like it made the fear that Sharon, the Sharon is the character that I played, was feeling in that moment. I felt yeah. like it made it more real and more vulnerable more vulnerable yeah. exactly and i think i don't know i think that's a really brilliant choice i think she really inhabited the character i've heard her talk before about how this is a woman rooted in um regina king's memory of her grandmother yeah and and she really the entire thing is based off of the words in the book and her grandmother and i, I don't know i think it's it's really brilliant and there i mean one of the other things that I love in the movie is there's scenes where she doesn't talk when she first arrives in Puerto Rico. Yeah. She's stunning. Yeah. And, and like she's playing it all in her face mm -hmm. and because she's fully search like the desperation and searching like this is the last chance. You yeah. Know? They spent so much money to do the investigation to fly her there and she is scratching and clawing her way to find this woman and beg her, beg right. her to please. And and she fully believes that she can be the one to connect to this woman. And Yeah. You know, I I I hate like because it is a movie that's out right now and I really want people to see it. Um even though eventually people will listen to this podcast later on when the movie's been out. Like uh, there's a there's also a great talk about understanding between, you know, she thinks she's she's the avatar to do this for this woman. She doesn't know this woman. Yeah. She doesn't know this woman's life. Yeah. And there's a great confrontation there mm -hmm. that, you know, because a lot of this movie is about Di assumption. Yeah. And differences between people and life experiences. And, and, and this is like a Latina woman. Yeah. You know, uh, so a black woman coming to ask a Latina woman uh, to, and, and they're both such, uh, you know, uh, on the blow on the totem pole of life. Yes. And, uh, but in different ways, in such different yeah, ways. Such different ways. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's really remarkable mm -hmm. and just, I don't know, beautiful film. And once again, her performance is so every note it's, it's like watching, I don't know. It's like watching, you know, Yo-Yo Ma play it's for you. Beautiful. It's every note is pitch perfect. Yeah. 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 And I, and like I said, I literally think she's, she's doing her best work currently. Totally. I think she's had years of, of building it up and doing I hope she continues to, to, I know she's doing TV as well, but I hope she continues to do more films. I really think. And once again, like it's, I know we, I was complaining about her playing wives and mothers, but this is a very different thing. Yeah. This is a fully formed human character, well, not she, just a sidekick. Well, she's not a, a wife just at home waiting for her husband to come back right. from the things he, like, you know, an enemy of the state, Will Smith is the person that has the story and, and you get the wife at home. Where are you? You know, like that's, what she was relegated to. Yeah. This is not that. No. Um, were there any other films that you saw that you, that you really loved that? Um, no, I, you know, she's great in Ray, but I didn't know. I didn't think that I watching it. I was like, Oh, this is how you make a biopic that wins an Oscar. Like, you know, yes. it's yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I say this often, but after the, the parody film walk hard came out, yeah. like you basically can't make the, no. a music biopic like that anymore. Um, which is what I've heard Bohemian Rhapsody ignored. So, hey, um, but, uh, the, I, as I mentioned before, I, you know, I really like her performance in Friday. It's not a huge role. Great. What I? Right there. 
Hey, dang. What? Loan me two hundred dollars. Me and Smokey got into a big worm today. We own two hundred dollars. He said if we don't pay him, he gonna kill us. So you gonna loan me the money or not? Not. <laughs> she she has a role in the in the Mike White film Year of the Dog, um, and. I liked that she was in this movie because it's such a small movie and such an odd movie. Um, and I like seeing her do weird things. Yeah, I would love, I mean, yes. I mean, <laughs> I guess we could talk about more and fast forward, but, um, I'm hoping if Bill Street could talk is the platform for her to do more yeah. weirder things. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I guess that brings us to our fast forward. Let's do it. So her next thing, like, really, the really big thing on her schedule is the Watchmen TV series for yeah. HBO. And this is... Uh, it HBO? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's uh, created by Damon Lindelof, who I do not like, and uh, um, co-created Lost, and also did The Leftovers, which like I acknowledge was a lot of people's thing. It was not my thing. Um, she was on The Leftovers. She, she did also, yeah. six episodes, but she was a main character. Yeah, she um, got nominated for awards for that, too. A lot yeah. of people... I, I, I think I read a, a review of something that's saying... There is one specific episode of Leftovers. It was the best Regina King's ever been. Um, I did not watch it. I yeah, I I found the entire first season to be miserable. Um, and everybody's been like, no, you need to get to the second season. I'm sorry. If you need an entire season to get good, I don't have time. Um, I fill my life with this. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm interested to see it. It does not seem to be a full adaptation of the comic book. It seems to be sort of a sequel um, or a set in the same universe. Um, she basically has not been, I watched so many interviews where she's like, I cannot talk to you about it. Wow. Um, so secret. Yeah. So Man. I'm curious to see, but she is basically listed as like the star. I mean, she's the first name that comes up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to see what, what that series is. Yeah. And then, um, her IMDb page, she has one. Um, other thing in pre-production, all the way with you, um, which is scheduled to come out this year. So I don't know what this is. Um, but that's the beyond Watchmen. That's the only other thing that's listed on her IMDb page. Should also mention because this episode falls in between the dangerous area of post Academy Award nominations, pre Academy Awards. She's nominated. Finally, she's getting the Oscar attention she deserves. And like, once again, in in the universe of things, maybe the Oscars aren't the most important. The most important, but I would love for her to get it. Yeah, love, like you know, that's. I, I, I would say she's a front runner, but it's kind of scary. She didn't get like a SAG nomination right. or a BAFTA nomination, which is cuckoo bananas. Um, who knows? We'll see. Like <laughs> you know, I'm putting all the good energy in the world, but you know. It took Violet Davis you know, the second time around to get the Oscar that right. she rightfully deserved for right. Fences. Um, but anyway, uh, that's all that we have on her for future projects. But she has said now that her son is in college, she feels better about doing projects that are not in L.A. She feels like she can go... And do more things yeah. um, that are not just like, you know, all those shows that she did were in LA. But I do appreciate, like, once again, and we've mentioned this many times, like, her love and devotion to, like, raising her kid is really impressive. Yeah. And something you don't often see. Yeah. Um, and she, I mean, she essentially gave, uh, you know, a big part of her, her life 
saying, okay, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to try and uh, chase big movies. I'm just going to do what I can in LA, raise my child. And now that he's, I mean, he's off in college now and she's in this huge movie that she has an Oscar nomination for. Yeah. And I'm really hopeful that this is the platform that she um, needs to get the attention of other filmmakers yeah. um, who can see that she is not just, you know, she's so much more than just the best friend. Um, and yeah, I would, honestly, I, has she been on Broadway before? I don't think so. I've not found any info about I that. I would love yeah. to see her on the stage. I would love to see her on the stage too. Well, as we mentioned up top, she's young. She's 48. She's got, yeah. a, she's got at least, you know... A, a bunch of years ahead of her yeah. acting. One, I would love to see her on stage. I want to see her direct a movie. Yeah. Like she, she's been directing TV for six years now. Yeah, that's long enough. You she's know what? Trial run. Do your movie. I also want to redo of so in Miss Congeniality two. Her and Sandra Bullock have like a beat in the shit out of each other scene. Yeah, I want to redo of that. Like I want to get you know Sandra Bullock as a villain. Virginia King is you know. Uh, a superhero and they have a fight scene. I would love to see that. You know, let, let's do it right this time, ladies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I still to this day don't understand that the, like those scenes in mm-hmm. Miscongeniality 2 are like 100% played for laughs and it's yeah. like, these are violent. <laughs> like, these, these are, are professional women who are beating the shit out of each other. Right. It's weird that they, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think I, you know, She's early on in her career, or, or like, it, like at least in the early middle of her career. Yeah, I can't wait to see what she does. Next. Yeah, and she's, she's she can do literally anything. Next. Yeah, um, she's so smart, she's so tough. She's luminous. She's as I and we've mentioned several times. She has this presence and this force. And I guess maybe like that's something I didn't mention in the one star reviews. She doesn't have that in Legally mm-hmm. Blonde, and that was I think the freakiest thing to see. And as she was basically just like cash and checks, right? And especially thinking about she is funny. Yeah, she's very funny yes. in Friday, in Boys in the Hood. Yeah, she's funny, and these are two comedies that we chose, and they just kind of like wipe it all right. out. It's, well, yeah, and the, I mean, part of that is the 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 material that she's given. Yeah, and, like, and they clearly sanit- not connecting to it. Yeah, you know? and they sanitize her for a broader, like quote, yeah, wider audience. audience. And it's like, bitch, no, she's voicing the boondocks. She's <laughs> yeah. funny. She's really funny. And they yeah. just don't give her the opportunity, like, surprise, surprise, to showcase um, all her wide-ranging ranging talents, which is unfortunate. It's okay, because the best is yet to come. Amen. Hallelujah. Peace be with you. <laughs> Absolutely. So... Thank you for listening to the Mixed Reviews. Thanks, guys. If you want to find us online, you can contact us on Twitter at, at the Mixed Reviews. We're on Facebook at the Mixed Reviews. If you want to write us a message, you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. And you can find us everywhere. Stitcher Radio, Spotify. iTunes. I, yeah, that's the main one. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> fun, Gavin. Sure. iHeartRadio. I um and uh, yes yeah, all, so- all sorts of stuff and also if you're so inclined please uh on itunes rate us and review us if you're so reclined yeah if you're so reclined uh five star reviews please with love with love, love, love um just because it helps other people find us and and we like we actually ranked i don't like a little inside baseball i don't mean to we were in the top 200 film podcasts recently oh we were goodness. 153 take that other 46 seven podcasts yeah yeah whatever um but uh i was uh i was very excited to see that i was actually alerted to that by our good friend chris file who will be on the show at a later date Ooh. um also 
the Twitter polls will be back. Yes. So be on the lookout um, for our Regina King uh, Twitter poll. Which, once again, is at the Mixed Reviews. At the Mixed Reviews, yes. Let's get into some Twitter discourse. (laughs) So until next time, it will be about two weeks or maybe a little more, depending. Uh, We'll see you later. Bye. Thanks for listening. He's going to give us the hook. Sell it, Tina. I left a good job in the city. Working for the man every night and day And I never lost one minute of sleep And it's all in the way that ain't my hubby Big wheel people turning Wild wheel people rolling